You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Chris Felton. Uh, Chris, you can find at couplesmoney.com. What a great brand name, couplesmoney.com. Chris is a founder and principal of his own financial services business, which he started in 1999. He leads and trains over 220 agents with over 30,000 clients. He is a top 50 earner in his company uh, out of 45,000 plus agents and is a national speaker and trainer for his firm. He has been featured in Forbes, Fortune, MarketWatch, Nasdaq.com, Yahoo Finance, U.S. News, and World Report, and is a top leader in one of the largest financial services firms in the United States. Chris is the co-author of Couples Money, a book which he wrote with his wife, Marlo, which explains how they were able to quadruple their business in a few short years during the Great Recession and overcome serious financial struggles. They share their money secrets as well as those of the numerous financial independent business owners that they interviewed in their book. People have discovered how to overcome financial limitations in a simple, no-nonsense approach that has worked for many. Chris and Marlo are also Amazon best-selling authors of Prosperity Factor, co-authored with Joe Vitale. Now, Chris, uh, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Take 30 seconds and just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, uh, been a 22-year uh, entrepreneur, actually 23 years. So uh, just turned 50 in August, and um, you and I were talking before. I, this is grateful uh, to be on this show and part of my purpose to help people free themselves mentally and financially so they can live an amazing life. So that's that's what I'm all about, impact. Fantastic. So go ahead and take a minute, just share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Wow. Um, well, not a lot of not a lot of people know, uh, you know, about, about my kids and how much. Uh, I mean, they're they're phenomenal kids, uh, twenty one and eighteen, and um, a lot of people don't know that I've made uh, over you know one hundred and fifty trips to see them since uh, I got divorced from their mom in uh, in two thousand and six, and um, writing writing my next book. 
And one of my big chapters, uh, Joseph, is all about forgiveness and how mm. uh, me forgiving uh, their mom unlocked uh, a tremendous amount of, uh, of blessings. So they know I come see them, but uh, they don't know the key that kind of unlocked that relationship uh, at, a, at a much uh, higher spiritual level. And uh, forgiveness, I find most people don't really understand that. Uh, very well. So we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> we really could. That's probably my other show, Broken Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we speak about that. But to go there just for a moment, you know, as Christian husbands, we are called to love our wives and we are called to love our children's uh, mothers, first and foremost. And I truly believe that the best example we could give for our daughters is to show them how we love their mother. And this will raise our daughters to know what to look for in a man and and to know their own self-worth by the way they see their moms treated by their dads. And for our sons, it gives the example of how to treat girls, how to treat women, right? By how they see their father treat their mother. So even if the marriage ends the way it ended, for you to show up with love, and as we said jokingly, hey, we don't like have to like our spouses, but God calls us to love our spouses. Yep. And even if it ended the way it ended, love looks like forgiveness. You may not like each other and, and you, you weren't able to work things out, but to be able to forgive her, that's what Christian love looks like going forward. So well done. I just say that well done to you. I acknowledge you for that. Very few men actually ever achieve that level uh, in their marriage of forgiveness. Yeah. Right. So well done on that. All right. Let's get into the show here. Uh, why I invited Chris on the show. Uh, listen, Startup Nation, many of you have lies bouncing around your head since you were little kids. You got head trash. I did Chris, he acknowledged he do, he did, um, and it's it's around money. Most of it is around money. Sure, there's other areas, but we're going to talk about the money head trash today. You know, as Christians, we're taught a lot of lies by the enemy. He just whispers in our ears our whole life about money and how we're meant to be poor. And as Christians, uh, you know, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. That was my personal interpretation as a young boy. Um, not the love or a, a obsession of money, but it was the love. Just money in itself was evil. So we got all this head trash. And it, the enemy keeps us in prison so that we don't go make money. And as Chris and I have learned through our lifetime, the more money we have, the more impact we have. Yeah. So if the enemy can keep us small in our money... And, and, our, and, and our mindset around money, he could keep us small in our impact, which means small in impacting God's kingdom. Chris, what do you want to say about all of that right out the gate? Well, I just, I just believe that we're, we're ran our whole money situation. I mean, my, my, my favorite formula is me plus a thought equals a result. So it, if the result is I, I have lack of money, then there's me. And there needs to be a connection to my thinking. So what I was taught by my coach is he said, you don't have a money problem. You have a money project. And the project was me getting a journal, Joseph, and writing the word money down 
and sitting there and I sat there for about an hour and a half and I wrote down everything I made up about that word. And it what was did no it look way. like? Oh, money's hard to make. Money's hard to keep. You know, the the, the impact of, of what we're told from ages zero to four has one of the greatest um, impacts on our re- relationship with money. That's what we teach in couples money is it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's either functional or it's dysfunctional. Um, rich people are crooks. So my dad told me, my mom said we either have it or we don't like, we don't have really any choice in it. Right. Um, you know, when's the shoe going to fall? It won't make you happy. I mean, there, there's a laundry list. And once I got in relationship with the list, instead of having it roll around in my head, I actually wrote it down. There was, there was no secret why I was broke. There was no way that this thinking was going to create wealth based on that limiting, those limiting beliefs and head trash. So the, the gist was I had to start remaking that, like someone to remake their golf swing. Right. That was, that was the project that uh, I took on and, and I had to figure it out. Otherwise, you know, second divorce was going to happen. So my back was against the wall. Mm. So right there, startup nation, I think Chris just gave you your first step write out a list of everything that you believe about money or that has been told to you about money. Just write out the list. Get it out of your head. Get it down on paper so that you can see what's real. What are the thoughts that you're carrying your whole life sometimes around money? So get it out. Get that list out on paper. That's what Chris did. I'm sure it surprised you some of those things, Chris. Yeah, it totally surprised me. And the, the the next step was who pays the price for this? Tell us um, more about that. Powerful question. Um, I, I just just who who's paying the price? So at that point, I was you know we we're a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. I'm in financial services in the Great Recession. We're negative cash flow of three to five thousand a month. And so we don't, we often don't change unless we connect the price, right? Because, um, you know, the enemy wants to keep us comfortable, right? No matter how dysfunctional comfort looks like, you know, staying there versus growing is, you know, and one of my favorite quotes is a life spent seeking comfort results in an entirely uncomfortable existence. And so, so often we don't connect the price. So the price was the stress on my wife was horrendous. Financial stress is horrific. Um, my kids lived in Atlanta, divorced. I hadn't seen them for months. Little kids growing up without their dad. My kids are paying the price. My ex-wife paid the price. She didn't really have a chance in our marriage. Mm. I was going to sabotage that. I was expecting it not to go well. And you get, you don't get what you hope for. You get what you expect. You know, my, my, my clients, my teammates, I mean, it was a long list of people who were paying a price. And I was like, going, dude, this is way, way too expensive. And so once I connected the dots that my thinking was creating those results and others were paying a price, it was too heavy, man. I had to make a shift. So right there, you did what I call in my coaching, you took extreme ownership or outrageous ownership of like, wait a second, here's what's so, let me stop escaping 
of my life and let me look, lean into my life and see what I am actually doing. My limiting beliefs are creating these results in my life that are punishing these people and causing their suffering. And right there, you took ownership. How did you do that? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, basically, I got to that point because my wife and I were gotten a gigantic fight the night before, Joseph, because I had to go to my wife and ask her for the money to pay my ex-wife's alimony. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Startup Nation. Did you feel that? It just hit me in the gut right there. Sucker punched. Yeah. So that's the kind of guy you have on the show. <laughs> He's not too smart, right? I don't know if there's ever been a man in the history of mankind that's had to ask their wife for the money to pay their ex-wife because they were so stinking broke. So that was the night that changed everything, the massive fight. And I just was like, well, why are we still married? And then she didn't have a good answer for it. So she went upstairs and sorted through what she needed to sort through. And then right then and there, Joseph, is where I realized that wherever I've had a problem in my life, I've always been there. <laughs> you mean you've been attached to that problem? Well, I've been there. I, I've been yeah. in every. I've been in every situation wherever I've had a problem. I've been. I'm the common denominator of all my issues. And it was actually that point, that night, where like the dominoes fell. I was like, oh my god, I created all of it. I created all of it, and that was my 100 responsibility moment. And, and we can talk about acceptance and how you get past that. It took a bit to get to an accepting point of view where I could actually launch something new. But, um, but that, that was it. And I'm just like, I got to figure it out because dad was broke. Mom was broke. Grandma broke. Grandpa broke. And I'm, and I'm, I'm a CPA and financial advisor. I know it, but the gap between what I know to do and what I was actually doing, I had to close that gap. Mm. And that was the, that was the work I had to do. Startup nation. So many times we have generational curses on our family around money. Chris just uh, let us into his very transparent and vulnerable. And he saw right in front of him on that paper that he was the common denominator in his generation. What are you going to do with that? Like, are you going to own it as a man or are you going to go try to escape through some vice? This is what we do. Let's be honest, yeah. right? We self-medicate. We self-soothe. And it normally looks like alcohol. It looks like drugs. It looks like porn. It looks like cheating. This is what we do as men. Chris, how did you not go there? And how did you take that ownership and, and lean into it and accept it, like you said? And then what did you do next? Well, I, uh, you know, so, so Marla and I met the next day. That was kind of the launch of Couples Money. She's like, I'm going to go interview wildly successful couples that built it from scratch. And they had wealth in all areas. They had spiritual wealth, relationships, health, money. Their marriages were world class. She's like, I'm going to figure out what they think and do. And she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm like, I am going to. Uh, I just said, I'm all in. I'm all in on figuring out what's going on up here. And I'm going to take this whole mental consciousness, mental thinking, mental programming. I'm like, I'm going to take it on like an Olympic athlete takes on their sport, right? I'm like, is Olympic athletes are all in, right? Mm -hmm. And so I went all in. 
So my butt was up and has been up consistently every morning, 4.30 to 5 a.m. Um, I just, I have a, a, a world-class morning routine of, of reading, Bible, imaging, visualization, 20 plus minutes sitting alone with Jesus, um, you know, just whatever. You tell me to stand on my head for an hour, if it was going to change my life, I, I would have done it. And so I just, I got all in and I knew I couldn't eat the elephant all at once, but I could, um, you know, Mark Batterson's book, Win the Day, it's, uh, you know, super powerful, but I just had to win the day, man. And I had to start the day off. And I had to, as my coach said, you know, hey, the, the, the black hourglass or the black sand hourglass is what you're staring at. And he's like, you just got to drop a little piece of gold in there every day, man. And it was literally day by day changing the internal story, the internal dialogue, the internal programming and the compounding of that over the last, you know, 13, 14 years has been, you know, transformational. But that's that's where I had to go. What was the most effective part of that morning that you have now seen pay off for you around your beliefs, those limiting lies and head trash? Yeah, I mean, you know, I got so um, it, it led me on a pretty amazing, you know, spiritual journey. Um, and uh, one of my favorite quotes from Billy Graham is once you get your attitude straight around money, it'll help straighten out every area of your life. Mm -hmm. um, that quote, like I saw that I wasn't yet a Christian. I got baptized in 17. Um, but that quote by me, you know, getting to the root of it and, you know, lack of forgiveness on myself, lack of forgiveness of past sins, um, unworthiness, deserving unworthiness and deserving. Like we don't show up on this planet unworthy like babies are like no feed me like love me like take care of me i deserve food now yeah, i just so, so that that's a that's a mind that's a man-made piece of head trash you know if i look outside my hotel room i don't see a tree with a deserving problem right there's there's no deserving issues right in recessions grass still grows right trees still grow so for me deservingness, the root of that is just lack of forgiveness around yourself. And so that's the work I had to do, man. I had to forgive myself for the position I put my ex-wife in. Mm. You know, I had to forgive myself for not being around my kids. So forgiving me working on worthiness and deserving issues, um, you know, and then ultimately once that freed up, you know, and then forgiving my ex-wife and forgiving dad and forgiving mom and making a list of all those people I need to forgive, Boom. which was gigantic. And my coach said this, this was powerful, Joseph. He, uh, the, the first session, so I hired a phenomenal coach for about four years who was financially independent. And, and I, I was looking for the tactics and the strategies and all that, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. a CPA left brain guy. And he said, all right, uh, your first your first uh, uh, homework assignment is you need to forgive your ex-wife. Boom. I was like, what? He's spot on. I'm like, what? he's like, dude, if you don't forgive your ex-wife, you will be a broke joke your entire life. And by the way, anything I tell you won't matter. That's right. And you'll, so I'm like, you'll well, just self-sabotage because it's the yeah. same head trash running yeah. the operating system. 
Yeah. So, so, the, so he, I'm like, well, how do I do it? He's like, grab a piece of paper, write her name at the top and write down all the things you appreciate about her. And I'm like, what? But I don't want to. I don't want to. Right. He's like, dude, you know what? I'll keep your money and I'll fire you. Like do it. Dumbass. I mean, so, so I sat there for an hour staring at a piece of paper and then finally, I was like, she's a good mom. And then the crust, I get goosebumps. The crust, the crust was broken, man. I did it the next day. Found a few more things. Did it the next day, the next day, the next day. And about 90 days out, I, uh, the neural pathways totally changed in my mind. And, dude, I haven't thought a bad thought about her. And I can't even go back there. Like, my mind can't go back. We did not have a very good marriage. And two amazing kids. But I can't even go back there. And I watched my 18-year-old. That's why I'm in Atlanta today. I watched my 18-year-old play baseball yesterday. It stood next to her the whole game talking about our next phases of life. And, dude, I, anyway, I, I can go on and on and on and on and on about the play. And then she married the guy that she was supposed to marry mm. who loves her way better than I ever did. Mm. Like, anyway, but, dude, like forgiveness unlocked everything. <laughs> everything unbelievable i still do it. it's, it's a forever project i don't have it dialed in but i have coaches that are like you need to forgive who are you resenting right now yeah yeah this is so true this is one of the biggest tools i use in my coaching with high achieving alpha males is forgiveness and they're completely taken back like you were with your coach it's like Bro, this is the biggest rock. It's the linchpin rock that's crushing you. And when you set that, just blast that rock out, all these other rocks just loosen or explode in all areas of your life. This is God's recipe for achievement and for success, right? Jesus came to do what? Forgive our sins. <laughs> like, that's the main thing, right? He came, and that's where the healing happened. God's power ignites in our life when we forgive and when we ask for forgiveness. Period. End the story, people. But it's not what we want. We want the tactics, the strategies, the tips, the secrets. This is what we want. All right, Chris, man, this is a powerful, powerful show. Let's give the people what they want, even though it's not what they actually need. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, what has been, once you got past the head trash, once you did the forgiveness, once you wrote out your list and you get, and you started to rewire your brain, the renewal of your mind, as the Bible says, this is how we do it, by the way, Startup Nation. Once you did all that, what was your next step? Like financially speaking, like what should Startup Nation be doing after they take this on? What should they do next? Yeah. So I hired my coach and it was, um, it was to double my income. So I had to double just get, to get back to square one, pay off all that debt, do all that. Mm -hmm. So I don't care if it's 100K. Mine was at that point 500K. I was at 200. I've been stuck at 200 for seven years. And I had to, I had to change my income thermostat. So the income thermostat's amount of money. If I say you make this, there's a, there's a number that pops into your head. And everyone's got that number. And so whatever that is, like a thermostat, if you blow past it and kick ass and have a month that's double, you'll turn on the, the subconscious air conditioners to get it back to where you see yourself. That's right. If you're, if you're lower, you'll heat it up. 
So what, what was huge for me was my coach taught me. So it was double my income and it was get a hundred thousand liquid saved because we were broke. And, and so, so we, we devised those Joseph, but then he said, okay, what are your compelling emotional reasons? Why, 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 why you have the vehicle? It's a Maserati. It's the vehicle that's in your driveway, but you got to put the gas in the tank. That's your compelling emotional reasons. That's your emotional drivers. And he stayed there. What are the top 10 reasons? When I coach my entrepreneurs, what's the top 10, not eight, not seven, 10 or more top 10 reasons why you want to go to the next level. That's the juice. And it was, I never want to have another argument with my wife ever again around money. Um, I want to release the stress. I want to see my kids. Um, to me, money's a scorecard of the value that you're creating. Money is if my income's growing, I'm growing. If my income's not growing, I'm not growing. For me, I have no attachment to money. I just want to make more because of the things I want to do and the impact I want to make there. But for me, it's I, anyway, so compelling emotional reasons. And then what he taught me, Joseph, was a um, great book out there called 12 Week Year. Um, but he taught me it before the book was created. It was the ideal income focused on the quarter. So right now it's March 15th. I'm dialed in with where I need to be March 31st with my income, which is one quarter of my ideal. And then what he got me dialed into was the week. So I had to create 10,000 of income every week. And it took the pressure off. It took the pressure off standing at base camp, looking up at Mount Everest, because that seemed like a mountain. And then it was just strategies, tactics, and processes for the week tied to my emotional drivers. And then at the end of the week, and then I'll, I'll shut up after this, he was just like, okay, what happened? What income came into your business that week? Treat your business like it's a retail outlet. You owned a Starbucks, you know how much money hits the register every single day. What actually came in? What worked? What didn't work? So I was on 52 weeks, small course corrections, compounded over 13 some years unbelievable. Um, so the ideal income to the quarter to what you got to do this mm -hmm. week and whatever, whatever income amount that is, it was 10,000 a week for me. I had made that before in my career so I could do it. That changed my income thermostat, like, like nobody's business. And then the 52 small course corrections every year versus what everyone is right now. They can't find their plan that they started January one, right? They, 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 they mailed it in six weeks ago. So anyway, what was the biggest mistake that you made or the biggest place where you got stuck doing all this? Because to the average person, I'll be real with you, Chris, like you're coming on right now and you're fired up and you're in next level belief systems and thinking, um, and taking actions, but most of Startup Nation is not there yet, right? They're they're back at write the list <laughs> about money. So a lot of this sounds intense and foreign to them, or Mount Everest to them. What do you? What was like the, the biggest stuck point um, going through all of this? Did you did you get going and got some traction, and then all of a sudden you started to fall backwards, like? You know, because it was too big, you took on too much, or you just you're that guy. 
you got the superpowers. No, no, no. no I, I actually, um, my income went up five times. I set these quarterly goals. And Joseph, I've, I've only hit two quarterly goals in 12 years. It's like a 96% failure rate, something like that. Really? Yeah. Like the first quarter, I set the goal for 125. I made 64. But my coach said, do you want to set be good goals? Are you trying to tie your identity and worthiness into hitting a goal? Because that's why you're not hitting it. Or do you want to set goals just to get better? Mm. Right? If you know mm-hmm. who David Goggins is, right? Like when you hear his interviews, you know, he's he, he does all these crazy marathons and ultra marathons. He's like, he's like, I don't care if I win. I just care that I finished and I did my best. And then he ends up winning a lot of races. So a get better goal is you just you, you run all the way through the tape because the dopamine hits are you're on the path. It's not hitting the goal. Mm-hmm. So 125,000, I made 64. What did I learn? I felt good because I actually finished out a quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Then I set the goal again, 125,000. I made 93. Then I set it again, 125,000. I made 110. Then my coach said, all right, let's do 137.5. So I, I, I mean, I, I might sound intense, all that, but, but, but I got really good at um, knowing what I was thinking about. Hmm. And it was just a moment by moment where my ego would go, you're a loser. You can't make it happen. But but understanding that 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 conversation shouldn't surprise me because that's what my ego does. That's what the enemy does. So he said, you have a choice. And now, you know, now I got my uh, you know, I got my go to scriptures, right? My 90 statements of who I am in Christ. And so anytime I start going, I I can I can send that to you if you want it. But but it but anytime my mind starts going there back then it was affirmations but now i'm like i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i'm victorious through jesus christ i'm more than a conqueror through christ who loves me so i'll i'll grab the 90 statements and redirect the train so so i don't care where you are but moment by moment you can start training your brain to start thinking the right things moment by moment and mm. getting on the path. So you, you don't have to go, you know, be, you know, Hulk Hogan, so to speak, all over this stuff. Um, but you can focus on the day. God's an now God. God's an now God. He's not a, you know, end of first quarter God. Right. But it got me focused. And if you if you have a solid morning routine and you invite spirit into, you know, like before we talked, I said, hey, spirit, I invite you in to think through me, live through me, love through me, speak through me, right? And if you do that every meeting, if you're in sales, let's say, dude, you're unstoppable. But most people are are Christians, but they don't bring God into their business at all. They like, all. they leave God in their morning routine. Well, yeah. it's like, God, you wait in the lobby while I go close this deal. And then they wonder. So a few things here to unpack. So Startup Nation, you know, Chris is 
very important thing he said here is that he has trained himself to not be attached uh, emotionally or through his identity to the outcomes or results. He's attached to the action or inaction that he takes. That's the difference right there. That's a huge, huge distinction in business and in life. This is what I teach in my coaching, right? So we, the actions and inactions we take belong to us. The outcomes and results belong to God. That's a huge thing to get, to understand. And when you can detach from the outcomes and results and just show up and run the race and do it your best, and however it ends, it ends, right? You can feel victorious in that. And, and let go of all that control that causes all that frustrations attached to false expectations you're setting for yourself and others, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing that Chris has shared is that he's using very powerful tools to stay on course, right? And, and, and his plane, if you think of autopilot, it's set to a destination, but 96% of the time he said it's off course, now, he has a 96% failure rate. How do you, that was going to be my question, Chris, how do you stay motivated when you have a 96% uh, failure rate? But you answered the question. You're like, I'm constantly readjusting. I'm going back. I'm getting back on course and I'm not attached to the outcomes. So he's got tools. He's reading Bible truths about his identity when the enemy's attacking him with lies on his identity. This is key. So he's not all, he doesn't have it all figured out per se. He's not immune to the attacks of the enemy. He's not superhuman. No, he's using practical tools that God gave us, the sword and the shield, which is God's word. He picks up and defends himself while his humanity is being attacked. This is everything. This is everything. All right, Chris. Let's go into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. All right. Uh, what is your favorite thing about owning your own business? Freedom. What's your least favorite thing? Uh, administrative stuff. Oh my goodness. Tedious, right? I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or, uh, or personally? Uh, busting through comfort zone. Okay. Is there one specific area? Um, uh, it, it's, just the business and where I am right now, it, it'd be real easy to cool it. So that's that's the enemy's lie in, in my ear that I've gotten pretty good at listening to is, oh, you should just relax and chill and cool. There's there's no happiness found in chilling. Not that you can't have fun. I have a lot of fun. But sure, sure. And taking leisure time for yourself. But it goes back to what you said about that financial thermostat right? That where comfort and complacency come in and you're like, oh, you deserve it. Look how hard you worked over the last three quarters. Take it easy. Take a vacation. But God made us for greatness. God made us for achievement, not for complacency. What are you most afraid of? Regret. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business? Uh... Uh, I would call it uh, you either do things or, or you're in front of people. And I was doing things. 
Mm -hmm. So stuff that wasn't getting in front of people and telling my message. So, yeah. For sure. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, I'm a recovering approval addict. So, uh, you know, I, I still sometimes, uh, I, I, we could do a whole show on approval addiction, but, um, um, that's still rejection a little bit still gets me, but, but I release it, but I, I, I gotta be very mindful of not going down a, a bad path on that. So anyway, yeah, yeah, I get that for me, it's false accusation, man. That just, it's like the thorn in the flesh. I don't know what it is. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Uh, relationship with money. Yeah. Yeah. Wish I would have dialed that in and respected money. It's not love of money. It's respect of. Mm -hmm. So wish I would have dialed that in a little quicker. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Um, leveling up my, uh, my fitness to the next level. Okay. Got it. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Bad habit. Uh, just time wasters, uh, you know, this thing, the weapon of mass distraction, um, releasing my weapon of mass distraction and it's hold on me. So yeah, way more. Yeah. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, three words, child of God done. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Fear, doubt, worry. Got it. And last question. Chris, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about real success, what would you say to them? Um, just fulfill God's mission for your life. The quicker, quicker you can figure that out, the better. All right. And here's your uh, the, here's the part of the show, Chris, where you get to give Startup Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What's the one thing that they must do this week in order to grow their business, their income and their in- impact? Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it, might, it might be it might be a couple of things. One is uh, your forgiveness list. Um, so get that figured out. Who, who do you need to forgive? Um, write down the things that you resent about them. Mm -hmm. And really, if you look at it, whatever you write down, that's a look into your own ego. Mm -hmm. If you believe in projection, right. Um, And and literally what you have to do is not only forgive them, but forgive yourself. Um, And then I would get the, the money, the money project journal and journal on your relationship with that word and just, own it and know that you can change that story and your thoughts about it and change your life, you know, one day at a time. Yep. Okay. Startup nation. There's your homework for this week is create two lists. The first is your forgiveness list, write out all the people that you're holding onto unforgiveness and unforgiveness is a poison that is killing you from the inside out. Believe us. And then write your second list uh, about money, your relationship with money. All right. Awesome. Um, Startup Nation, if you enjoy this show, go to iTunes or Stitcher right now and write an honest review. Or just go to 
first100k.com, first100k.com. Keep it easy. Uh, and if I like what you write, I will uh, share your your review live on the show. Give you a little shout out, you know? Why not? To like, you know, the entire world. Come on, you want your name out there. Be honest. Uh, Chris Felton, what is the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you um, and learn more about what you're up to in the world? Yeah, uh, so couplesmoney.com is uh is our website and i got a, a complimentary just you know one hour coaching session on the stuff we talked about today so um you can uh you can fill in the form there and, and, and connect with me there and then uh instagram um at cf underscore e2e and e2e stands for i want to help millions of people move from being an employee to an entrepreneur and uh, that's a whole nother talk for another time but cf at CF underscore E to E. And uh, I'm just, I just drop daily. Uh, I spend hours uh, crafting uh, my message every week around this topic of mindset and getting out of our own way. And so they can follow me there. And I'm, uh, you know, writing uh, my so-called manifesto here. It's going pretty slow, but I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding all over the book, but my, my book, uh, uh, shooting to have it out here in the next nine to 12 months. And uh, I'm, I'm available for, you know, speaking engagements and, and those things as well. I have a whole uh, talk on just transformation, how, how I went from uh, broke to where we are now and all the, the lessons on the journey. So anybody that's interested, they can uh, reach out to me. So that's awesome. All right, Startup Nation, go get in touch with Chris at couplesmoney.com couplesmoney.com Chris Felton thank you for being on your first 100k I wish you God's love peace and joy in your life sir thank you appreciate it Joseph have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked have you tried therapy have you tried coaching have you tried counseling Christian counseling nothing's worked for you for your spouse you just want better communication when you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently, like be done with the addiction be done with the medications, be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. 
Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.